Welcome to the second episode of the Heart of LA Hoops podcast. It's been an interesting start to the playoffs, don't you think? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty good start for both conferences, I would say, East and West. Uh, you see the series like the Clippers-Mavs, you got Lakers-Suns. Um, we've been on, obviously, I, I mean, the Bucks and Miami series was, uh, I mean, fun for Bucks fans, but it was pretty entertaining uh, just seeing Giannis just out there playing his best basketball. Let's get right into it in the East. Okay. Let's start with the 76ers Wizards series. Um it's been a pretty I think it's been pretty good for the Sixers. It's been a pretty smooth sailing for us so far. Um uh, I haven't seen any uh challenges for the Sixers uh besides Joel Embiid going down, but I don't think that's going to really affect uh Sixers chances. I think Sixers close it out next game. You see I mean, we saw the Wizards taking one game, uh, but I don't think that's going to really mean anything. Uh, yeah, what about what do you think about the series? Embiid's injury got me pretty worried. The latest update we have on by Woj, he said that he was doubtful, doubtful for the Game 5 on Wednesday, and that's pretty concerning for 76ers fans because without him, he's an MVP caliber player. Without him, I don't know if they could close out the series. I actually didn't know that he was doubtful. I thought he was going to be playing. So I think that kind of changes uh, the dynamic of the series. You know, uh, they got Doc Rivers. You know, you know my opinions on Doc Rivers. But he's been known to be uh, a choker as a coach besides his uh, journey with the Celtics. With the Clippers, he's been, he's been pretty bad with closing out leads in the series. So... Does this Embiid injury actually change uh, the dynamic of the Sixers getting a comfortable uh, series win? It certainly does. I believe it. So you think that Beal and Westbrook could uh, cause some problems next game? game five? Until he comes back, I think the Wizards can steal games. I mean, if, if the Wizards take game five and make it 3-2, I think the Sixers have problems. Because if, if Embiid is, you know... Even if he comes back and he's 50%, you know, 50-60% in the series and game six, that could be worrying. You know, you get you attack, you attack Embiid on defense if he's a little bit uh, sluggish because of his, it's his knee. He had uh, he went out with a knee injury in the in the game game four. So I mean, that could honestly cause problems. You got great offensive players like Westbrook and Beal. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think it's a little bit more entertaining now that Embiid's out. Yeah, it changes everything. Since especially since Embiid is a big guy, he weighs a lot. He's a center. Knee injuries could get pretty serious for them. Yeah. And Doc Rivers has to make a call when to bring him back. You don't want to rush him because he could reaggravate it and be out for the playoffs. But also, you need to close out the series and move on to the next round as soon as you can. I think that's a really good point you just brought up with uh. Just Doc Rivers knowing when to bring back Embiid. You know, like, is do you trust the rest of the team to close out the series without Embiid? Do you have that type of hope for Ben Simmons? Now you see that Ben Simmons has a lot more weight to carry as a player. He's the, he's the so-called second superstar on that team. So, Doc Rivers has to make a decision here. Is he going to bring back Embiid at 60% because he doesn't trust Simmons? Or is he going to put the weight on Simmons' shoulders and... Hope he could close up the series alone. Definitely. I'm actually glad you brought up Ben Simmons because I don't know if you saw last game. 
towards the end, they were fouling him yeah, on purpose. Yeah, I did. I was going to bring that up. Because he was missing all his free throws. Total in-game, he shot 5 for 11 from the free throw line. That's unacceptable. That is horrible, yeah. So, I mean, again, I, yeah, I saw it yesterday. Uh, they were fouling Ben Simmons towards the end. You could see other teams. Let's say they do get past the Wizards, but you could see other teams in the second round that actually adopt this this new tactic against Ben Simmons to fouling him at the end of the the end of the game if it's close it just it just stops their offense because Ben Simmons can't knock down a free throw so it becomes almost like hack a shack or hack a Jordan so yeah I, yeah, I think it's a great point originally I had 76ers winning in five but with Embiid's injury that got ruined I think this is definitely gonna go to like game seven or the Wizards can even take it I mean that would be crazy I mean, Embiid is a big part of the team, but I honestly think the Sixers have enough to close the series out, even if Embiid doesn't come back. But if if the Sixers get on the first round, which I think is highly unlikely, you got some serious questions to ask. Is Ben Simmons the guy, the second guy for Embiid? Because Embiid's definitely not the problem. He's in the MVP uh, nomination this year, so uh, he's not the problem. It's Ben Simmons. You, you have to point a finger somewhere. I mean, it could be, it can't be Doc Rivers' first year. So you point the fingers. Is it Ben Simmons? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of pressure on the 76ers and Doc Rivers. And they have to time everything out correctly and make the right calls. Let's move on to the Nets Celtics series. Um, you could start. Okay, so uh, the first episode, I, you know, I, I put a little bit, uh, I was talking a little bit trash to the Celtics. Saying they had no chance, but I'm gonna give major props to Jason Tatum. You know that guy is uh, something else. I think, I think that guy has real potential to be an MVP of this league and the future. He dropped 50. He carried. He carried the Celtics to win that game. Um, I, I I still don't think the Nets have any problems. I think they close this one out next game. But uh, it was it was just really it was just really fun to see Jason Tatum in his bag. He scored. He dropped 50. Uh, I think it was. I think it's just. The last like, the last stand for the Celtics with the, yeah. the fifty piece, but I think that I think their party ends. No, I definitely agree. Big props to Jason Tatum for scoring fifty and getting them one game, so they don't have to go home shamefully. But the Nets are still smooth sailing. Yeah, they're. I have them winning the next game and moving on. I had Nets in four, but Jason Tatum decided he had other plans. Yeah. I think I think if Jalen Brown was healthy, I think this becomes a whole different series. I think this could go to seven with Jalen Brown, but yeah, uh, there's nothing else to say. It's just the Nets. You you yeah. you can't do anything about it. You know they're just stacked. I would I would like to point out the stats. K, the big three are having for the Nets. KD's averaging thirty five points, eight rebounds. Kyrie's averaging twenty five points, seven rebounds. James Harden's averaging 26 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. With those types of stats, no team is going to beat them easily. Yeah. Uh, I think the Celtics just uh, just kind of slowed uh, the, the Nets process a little bit by just one game. But I think this ends yeah. by next game. Okay, then. Let's move on to the Bucks heat series. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect this. In my prediction, I had uh, Bucks in 6. I thought Miami had... Uh, more fight to them. I, I yeah. didn't. I didn't really expect to have a sweep. I think it's uh it's pretty embarrassing for Miami Heat. Uh, it's not that Bucks were 
so much better than the Heat that they couldn't uh, they couldn't compete. But I think they're just Miami just played horrible. Um, they just couldn't compete uh, at the level they were last year. It wasn't the same team whatsoever. The they didn't play with the same passion as last year. Um, I it was just it was embarrassing. That's all you could say. You can't you can't get swept in the first round. You got to put some some sort of a fight, especially if you're the reigning NBA. Uh, uh, you had an NBA Finals appearance this this season before, and you get swept. Yeah, I don't. It's unheard of. I have. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I haven't seen this ever happen. The Finals, uh, Finals team getting swept in the first round next year. Yeah, definitely. Also, by the way, if you guys haven't noticed, we have Giannis here and the Bucks <laughs> ball. Uh, we're just congratulating them as the first yep. team to go into the second round. A little round of applause. <laughs> No, I definitely agree. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, they're playing like the big three. Like they've established that they played fantastic. And the Heat as a group, all I could say, just underperformed. And I, it was pretty bad on their name that they made the finals last year in the bubble. But this year they couldn't perform. Yeah, it just, it just makes you think like uh, we heard the rumors of that when James Harden was circulating, uh, Miami Heat's name came up. Uh, when the James Harden and Ben Simmons uh, trade discussions, but they decided to keep Tyler Hero uh, because they thought that he was a very valuable piece to the team. And you see that he played not to his standards in this series. So it makes you think as the Miami Heat front office, did I make the right decision keeping Tyler Hero? Is he actually that guy that we think he is? So I think there's a lot of questions for the front office in this summer. Uh, yeah, definitely. I don't know if you know, but Jimmy Butler has a contract contract extension possibly coming up this summer and he said he's looking up to getting four years of an extension worth up to 181 million so yeah i don't i don't know if he's worth that like uh especially after this playoffs yeah i mean i it looks like we've heard some rumors that the miami he are kind of interested in Kawhi leonard even though i don't think that's happening but that kind of shows you that the miami heat aren't looking to settle with what they have right now they want to sign another big, big player. So if that means giving Butler an extension, maybe picking someone else in the market, or maybe even not giving Butler an extension and just trading him or trading Tyler Hero, a key piece in the team to change this roster, because I don't know if this is working out for them. No, you brought up a good point. The idea of Kawhi going to the Heat, that definitely shows that the Heat front office is thinking of moving on possibly from Jimmy Butler just in case something like this happened, which it did. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Miami Heat front office just has a lot of uh, problems to address. Definitely. Okay. Let's go to the most interesting series in the East, the Knicks and the Hawks. What do you have to say about that? I picked the Knicks in this playoff series in my prediction, but I don't know what they're doing. Like, after the first, like, couple games, we saw they went one and one, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a seven-game series. But then Atlanta took two straight, and then uh, Trey Young hasn't looked hasn't looked back. He's been playing outstanding basketball. So, I don't know what the Knicks are going to do. They got to make adjustments. They got to figure out how they're going to get back in this series. But uh, I, I had high hopes for this series, man. I, I, I wanted Derrick Rose to go. Like, I don't want to see Derrick Rose getting out in the first round. So, Knicks... Get your stuff together, man. I, yeah. I want to see you guys in the second round. Make a comeback. 3-1. Let's do it. I, I originally had the Knicks winning in six. 
But now that the Hawks are up 3 1, um, I would like to change that prediction to Hawks in six. <laughs> I know it's too late, but yeah, I was wrong about that. No, Trey Young's a baller. Yeah. That, that guy's balling out. <laughs> Have you seen the memes? The, yeah. The wet lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> no, that stuff's too hilarious. Yeah, there's some funny memes about Trey Young, but he's been balling. Yeah. I just feel bad for Derrick Rose because. For like ever since he got injured, he's playing like prime D Rose, but people like Julius Randle have been underperforming, and yeah, I think that's something that yeah. no one's been talking about. Uh, that Julius Randle hasn't been playing that well in this series. Um, I mean, Julius Randle was by some people considered an NBA MVP uh, nominee, but so I don't know. He's not playing at that level that we saw in the regular season, so. Unless he steps it up, man, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to come back. They got a good coach, but Julius Randle got to step up over there. They're he's just, five. He's been struggling from the field. In game one, he shot six for 23. Game two, he shot five from 16. Five of 16. Game three, he shot two of 15. And this most recent one, he shot seven of 19. That's overall 27.4% from the field. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. Like, yeah, you're considered the, the star of your team. You got to do better. I was happy when I saw him doing good because he was a former, former Lakers player. I was happy when he started doing good at the Knicks, but he's been, he hasn't been performing like yeah. he was in the regular season. Unless he changes that, the Hawks are taking that series. Yeah, I think uh, Atlanta's just been doing a great job playing Trey Young. Not only Trey Young, but Clint Capella's been playing amazing. Uh, you got players like Bogdanovich. They got a good rotation. Yeah, they got a good roster, man. We we I'm I'm not gonna say we didn't expect this they because got, they they picked up some solid pieces in the summer. They wanted this. They wanted a play, playoff appearance. I'm sure they didn't want to get out in the first round. Uh, so yeah, they 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 built a playoff roster. They have experienced vets. They even traded for Lou Will. He's a he's an experienced vet. He knows how to score. You got Gallinari. So they they got pieces all over. The Lou Will and Rondo trade benefited both teams definitely. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, Rondo just didn't want to play in Atlanta, but um, I don't know if Lou was that ecstatic to go back at first. But it's his hometown. Uh, so yeah, I think it benefited both teams. So yeah. Okay, let's move on to the Western Conference. Okay, well let's start off with the Utah Jazz and the Grizzlies series. Uh. I've- it's been it's been going the way I thought it would. It's three one right now, but it's been a close three one. It it hasn't been yeah. like a twenty point lead uh, blowout every game. It's been close. The Memphis Grizzlies have been giving the Utah Jazz a pretty hard time every game. They're giving it straight at them. John Morant, uh, Brooks. They've been playing really good. So I think I think the Utah Jazz take it in five or six, but the Memphis Grizzlies are really giving it to them. They're not letting them go out easy. No, we're clearly seeing how big of an impact Donovan Mitchell has on this team because he didn't play game one. The Grizzlies took that, but ever since he came back, game two, he scored 25, game three, 29, game four, he scored 30. He has a very big impact on this team. He's probably their main player. And also the Utah Jazz have been getting support from players like Mike Conley. In this previous game, I don't know if you saw, but he hit two very clutch threes in crunch time. That gave the Jazz the win. Grizzlies could have easily won this last game, but the Mike, the way Mike Conley performed at the end, pushed them through. 
And yeah, also, it makes you. Um, it kind of gives you that idea that Mike Conley's playing with the chip on his shoulder because Memphis was his old team. So I think that Mike Conley has something to play for this series. Uh, we haven't seen him play that well in the regular season, but he's been really stepping it up uh, when it counts this series. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Also, the Grizzlies just need more production from their bench. Their starters are scoring mo- like most of their points. Yeah. And their bench hasn't been giving too much of too much production. Well, we got to take it into account that the Memphis Grizzlies. I didn't. I didn't think uh, they would even get here. I thought the Warriors were going to be the eight seed. So I think the fact that they even got to the eight seed is like a pretty good. Uh, yeah. It's a good stepping stone for the team for next year. They got to pick up some. If they could pick up like a, a solid star type player, like a, a borderline all star or all star level player, I think this Memphis team could go. Have a pretty good season Definitely. next year. I think they they're a, just like a couple pieces away from actually being a playoff, uh, playoff team, like a good playoff team. They already have a bright future ahead of them with John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. Those two, those two are only twenty-one years old. They have a bright future ahead of them. Yeah, you're right. They need one star on that team, and they could be. Uh, I wouldn't say contenders, but they could be. They could be good. a solid playoff team. Yeah. yeah. Okay then let's oh I had I had the Utah Jazz in six and my prediction still stands for this one. Uh yeah, I would I would give Utah in six. I think I don't think Memphis is gonna go out in five. I think Memphis has one more game in them. I think they can steal one more game. So yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to the Nuggets Blazers series. Um it's been I it's been really up and down to be honest. I honestly thought the Blazers were going to have a lot easier time than this. Well, they should be. Uh, they, the Denver Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray. So I, I don't know what's happening, to be honest. I thought this would be a lot easier for the Blazers. Jokic, I guess, is just deciding that I'm not going home. If that's the case, Blazers, you got, you got real issues. If you can't beat this Denver Nuggets team... Um, you, I, I really don't know. You got to really assess the roster and see what you're doing wrong. Because it shouldn't be this close. It's 2-2 right now. Um, I think they got to steal uh, game five or else you got problems. Because you, you can't give this Denver Nuggets team the lead with the chance to steal the series. Uh, we know Dame's a good playoff uh, clutch player, but I don't know. I think that's dangerous waters you, don't know, you do not want to go into if you're the Blazers giving the Nuggets the 3-2 lead. So, yeah, uh, I think the Blazers just need more production from the players that aren't named Damian Lillard. So, yeah, definitely. It's been a very close series. Obviously, it's 2-2, and they've been going back and forth. Jokic and Dame, the two superstars, they've been averaging 31 points each, and they're, they're both performing. It's just up to the rest of the players on each team to decide who's going to steal the series. Yeah, I forgot to m- mention CJ McCollum has, has been playing good. So it's not it's not the star's fault. It's just uh, the other players in the roster. You got you got players that need to show up and they're not showing up. I think the Denver Nuggets, I think it's just the team versus two stars right now because the Denver Nuggets are playing together. They're playing as a whole unit even though Jokic is that guy in the team. I think that everyone is playing a key role in this in this series right now against the Blazers. Originally, I had the Blazers winning in six, and I'm not too sure what's going to happen, actually. Um, it's really up to the 
rest of the teams other than the two superstars to determine how much you want to contribute. I had up. I had Blazers in five. So that that's why I'm a little bit shocked. I thought this was gonna be a lot easier for them yeah. than uh that they're making it for themselves. I think it just comes down to defense. And the Blazers have been known to not have good defense at all. And so when you give players like Jokic, who are most probably gonna win the MVP, no defense, like he just he could do whatever he wants, and that keeps them in the series. So I think the Blazers still win this probably in seven, but I think I think the Blazers just need to just tighten up on defense and then they could take the series. I think that's their only issue right now. This is the series I'm the most uncertain about how it's gonna end. It could go either way. It's just up to them. Whoever wants it more is gonna get it. Yeah, I it's perfectly said. Yeah. Whoever wants it more is gonna get it. If Dame wants it, he's gonna get it. If the whole Denver Nuggets team wants it, they're gonna get it. So, yeah, it's up in the air. Okay. Now we're getting to the Clippers Maverick series. This one, um, I'll give you the stage, Levon. Go ahead. So you guys all know I'm a Clippers fan. Um, we didn't record an episode right after we went down 0-2, and by we I mean the Clippers. Um, but there was some PTSD coming in last year. The Clippers lost in a horrible fashion, and I felt that. I felt the depression, the the sadness coming back. I felt all of the emotions, and then. The Clippers were like, you know what, Clippers fans, we're not doing this to you. They tied it up. But they almost gave us a heart attack. We all thought it was done. You could check Twitter, uh, ask any Clippers fan. They thought it was done. 0-2, Doncic is playing lights out. And then the Clippers decided to, okay, let's play defense. And um, and also, a big part is the Mavs uh, players that are not named Luka Doncic decided to not shoot 65% from three. Because that's that's unheard of. Like, these are numbers that you go like, oh, I've never seen anybody shoot like this. Okay, you go Luka Doncic, maybe he shoots 60% from three. But, like, Tim Hardaway, uh, like, these players are not 60% three-point shooting players. So, when they start cooling down and get uh, come back to earth with their three-point shooting, then you could see the Clippers kind of chipping back. And uh, that's what you saw in game three. Even though I think it was the first time ever that a playoff team lost while shooting above 50%. I don't know how the Clippers won game three, but they did. And I, and then game four, they just got blown out because uh, um, Doncic wasn't having that good of a game. Uh, the Blazer, I mean, the, the, the Mavs, the Mavs uh, supporting cast was not playing well at all. Um, so, yeah, I think this series goes... I'm, I don't want to say either or, because if Doncic wakes up, that's a scary sight for the Clippers, especially for me. I, I see Doncic in my nightmares. So if Doncic wakes up and decides, to, okay, I'm going to drop 45 again, then it's up in the air. But if the Clippers decide to, okay, we're going to play the same way we've been playing for three and four, then I think the Clippers could take it. So I think it's up in the air. I'm not going to say who's going to take it. Because I don't want it to come back and haunt me. But it's up in the air. I could see either or taking it. I would like to point out a few things about this series. Honestly, after the Clippers went down 0-2 to in the series, I was getting worried for you. I wasn't trying to get you going through depression again. But you guys battled back. And I think that's mostly because you guys figured out how to match up with them defensively. 
I I said it. Zubats needs to get subbed out. Yeah, uh, that was big. Yeah, I think um, they didn't do the adjust <clears throat> adjustment in game three, but they did it in game four, and you just saw that they couldn't do the pick and roll with Zubac on uh, on Luca. It was when you send out the the pick and roll, and Batum is at your face, who's a more mobile uh, wing who could actually defend. Um, yeah, it just it's, it just doesn't allow Doncic to have those open shots that he was having in the first two games. I was gonna give props to Batum because he had four steals and two blocks in game four. I didn't tell you this, but I really like the way he was playing. Yeah, I think Batum is. Uh, if Clippers fans know the phrase the the Batum Battalion, I'm I'm part of the Batum Battalion for sure. That man is uh, that man's special. That man has a special place in my heart. So Batum, you keep playing like that, and we'll for sure get past this, uh, past the Mavs. And also, I want to point out, Luca's dealing with neck strains, and the latest update we have on that was on Monday. Woj said that he made progress, and it was improved. But he has even more. He has like two more days, or tomorrow. Next game's tomorrow. By then, I think he'll be more fit to play the Clippers. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm worried about as a Clippers fan, as an NBA fan. It's uh, it's exciting news, but uh, I I don't want to say it's exciting news because I'm a Clippers fan. I don't want to see that guy, um, playing at hundred percent against us because that's scary. That man is a killer. Um. Yeah, that, that's all I could say. He's he, he. I think, I think if Kawhi isn't playing the way he is which is something that's very underrated and people haven't been talking about, I think the Mavs like easily take this in five. But Kawhi just decided, nope, I'm not, we're not doing this. This is not happening again. So he's been playing amazing. He's been averaging 33 points um, on like amazing shooting. So it's I think he's shooting 60% from the field. And he's not, he's not only shooting like open shots. If you look at the shots he's taking, they're contesting. He's still knocking them down. So he's just playing lights out. He's really keeping the Clippers uh, in this series. He's really giving them a chance to win the series. So, yeah, yeah I think it depends on if they want to defend matchups. Um, I think it just goes down to uh, fundamentals. I think this entire series revolves around the health of Luka Doncic. And... My prediction was Clippers in seven, and I'm I I still go with that. My prediction stands. I think the way the Clippers have been playing overall defensively, and how Kawhi's been putting the team on his back, with the stats that he's putting up, I still see the Clippers advancing in seven. Yeah. Um. One one stat that I did want to point out is that the Clippers were the number one shooting three point shooting team. This in the regular season and in the playoffs against the Mavs, they've been shooting 36%. So I think if the Clippers up their percentage to the numbers that they were shooting in the regular season, uh, that just puts a lot of pressure on the Mavs defense. It all opens a new door to an offense that you can run when you're knocking down open threes. But so far, they haven't been doing it at a, at a consistent level. In game four, they did do it. I'm gonna give them props to that one, but in the first three games they weren't doing it at a at a high level shooting the three ball. On the other hand, the Mavs are shooting insane. Um, their percentage dropped a lot because they shot I think sixteen um, percent in the last game, like in game four, 
and their percentage is still 43% from three. So that tells you how high the percentage is uh, that the Mavs were shooting from three. Uh, so yeah, I think that if the, the Clippers bring up their three-point percentage and the, the Mavs three-point percentage kind of comes down to earth, I think that levels it down. And um, I think the Clippers could take this. They should take this. Because if they don't win this series, uh, it's going to be dangerous sight for all Clippers fans and the team. Because there will be major, major, major changes with the team if they lose in first round. There's one thing I don't get. Since Zubats is being subbed out, because Luka Doncic kept going on him through screens. And that means you have the biggest guy on the Clippers would be Batum. And there's Porzingis. The The Mavericks aren't using Porzingis correctly. They got to feed him the ball more. Despite shooting the ball poorly in the last two games from the three-point range. They're not using Porzingis the right way. I think um, I that's a good point. But... One uh, counter-argument I'm going to use that. I feel like they are using him well. But I think Porzingis doesn't know how to uh, attack the weaknesses of the Clippers. One thing that I've been seeing in the four games that I've been watching for the Dallas Mavericks and uh, the Clippers series is that Porzingis, when he gets the ball in the post, he decides to fade away like he's uh, like a smaller player. His footwork is not there for some reason. He decides to pull up three-pointers, um, deep threes, mid-ranges, more than just... When he has a smaller guy like Batum on him, he doesn't just turn around and put the ball up. And sometimes there's uh, there's some uh, switches that have Pat Bev on Porzingis and he doesn't turn around and shoot over him. He just decides to fade away. He makes it harder for himself. So if Porzingis wakes up, if Porzingis plays um, against the weaknesses of the Clippers, then it just makes it tougher for the Clippers to win this series. But yeah, I think Porzingis got to do better. I was just about to point that out. I was watching the last game, and all I saw was when Porzingis was getting the ball, which he, which he wasn't that much, but when he was getting it, he was just fading away. He had smaller defenders on him, and he's he's a very tall guy. There's yeah. a re- reason why they call him the unicorn. Yeah, he's, like he's very unique. But when they were giving him the ball, he was fading away on smaller defenders. We have a good friend, Gary, that does that. <laughs> and he's a big, but... We tell him not to do it. Same thing with Porzingis. Yeah, just um, I think I think the Dallas Mavericks will adjust in Game Five. I think Game Five becomes I think the decider of the series. Whoever takes Game Five, I think could take the series. Uh, just comes down to Luca, Luca's health, and Porzingis's uh, decision making with shots. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, let me, my let me Lakers. Ask you, let me ask you some questions because oh let's gosh, here let's we bring go. let's bring because we've been uh, kind of attacking the Clippers, so let's attack the Lakers. Okay, uh, we're not go gonna ahead. attack the fact that Anthony Davis is hurt because that's something that he can't control. But something that we can attack on is how poorly you guys are shooting three ball. So let's go to the stats. <laughs> you guys are shooting the ball uh, about twenty nine percent from three. That's horrendous. So, besides Anthony Davis, what's going on? Harag, you've been watching the games more than me. You're a Lakers fan. Let's assess the three-point shooting first. This series has been stressing me out on levels I can't explain. Last year, we were playing with very good chemistry. Everyone was knocking down their threes in the bubble. But this year, 
the three the three the three point game is it's just not working and our chemistry is not fully there we have a much better team than we did last year with the addition of shorter drummond but it's just not working drummond stepped up honestly the past few games like he's been playing way better than he did in game one but again the chemistry's not working and i think this is something that lebron has to take care of he's a team captain and yeah now that ad's down i'm very scared for us i think game five is the make it or break it for us if we win game five which isn't looking too good since ad's doubtful He's been actually ruled out. Oh, he's ruled he's out. He's been ruled out for the game. That's something that uh, okay, just came in. He's officially ruled out. So this next game is very crucial. So I think if the Lakers can win this next game, it'll be easy. It's It'll be way easier. But if we win next game, we're in very big trouble. I mean, we'll, I mean, if we lose like if we lose the next game, then the Lakers are in trouble. One thing I do have to say is uh, Montrez. Uh, maybe instead of tweeting at the Clippers when we go down 0-2, get some more playing time. That's one thing I wanted to throw out. If Trez is watching this, which he is 100% not watching this, but someone please send it to him. Send this clip to him. Stop tweeting at the Clippers and start playing basketball. Look, <laughs> I know you guys blamed everything about what happened last year on Montrez and Doc Rivers, but he's a good player. Like As much as some people don't admit it, he's a good player. I don't know why Vogel's not playing him. I think it's because he doesn't He's not that good on the defensive end. And when you have players like DeAndre Ayton, who's very big, and he's been doing good, I'll give him credit. Just Trez is too small to guard him. I think think besides the Lakers' negatives, I want to give credit to the Suns. I mean, the Suns have been playing good. Uh, They haven't been shooting great from the three ball, but the fact that they're still winning games... um, Without the three ball, is kind of showing you that the resilience they have as a team. Uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker have been playing really good. I think um, Devin Booker is Devin Booker. We all know what he could do. He's a great scorer. But I think Chris Paul is really holding this team together. Uh, he went down and the Lakers won that game. But when he came back, he, be- he came back strong. And in game four, he was all over the place. Assisting, shooting the ball, playing defense. Um... So I think Chris Paul is like the X factor for the Suns in this series if they win it. Yeah, he's been getting a lot healthier, and the healthier he's getting, he's turning back and he's he's becoming Chris Paul again, and that's a scary sight for us Lakers fans. We're very concerned about that, but AD's injury is devastating to hear. But I think the only way we'll win this next game or even the series if AD remains to sit out is people like Kuzma who've been who who have been performing terribly missing all their shots they, he needs to step up major he's been getting boards he's he's good on defense i like the way he, he's hustling but on offense he's just not the same he's just not he hasn't been the same uh yeah would um i i have to say that they shouldn't be all on lebron because he is aging. He is at that level where the workload isn't supposed to be this high for him. Especially with AD out, you kind of feel for the guy. Even though I don't want to say as a Clippers fan, you do feel for the guy. He has to carry the entire Lakers team on top of AD being out now. 
Uh, I think that just puts the workload on LeBron even higher. So people like Kuzma, as you said, the the so-called third guy that we all thought he was going to be in the summer, uh, before even last year, that we thought Kuzma was going to be a, a bigger piece to this team. Uh, he needs to step up. He's way too inconsistent. So, uh, and Schroeder. I think Schroeder needs to step up a little bit. Drummond. Um, and I think Vogel needs to play Trez. And I think that will happen in game five. Because he needs some other offense besides LeBron, Schroeder, Drummond. Like the same crew he's been rotating. I think he needs to add Trez in there. Um, kind of put a different dynamic. Even if that means sacrificing a bit of the defensive end. He needs some other offense coming from other players. So I think Trez will get more minutes. All these games have been very low scoring. It's been a defensive battle mostly. And that's why I think Trez is... is getting DNPs, but Vogel's sitting out some players that I really like, like Markeith. Markeith barely got any playing time last game and didn't play for like one or two games. And I'm a very big Taylor Horton Tucker fan. Uh, he's only like 20 years old, but I think he's very crucial on the offensive end. He gets, he's, he's a very good player that gets the ball moving. That's what we need. We need people like him to get the ball moving and eventually the chemistry picks up. But this next game is make it or break it for us. We're going to be in big trouble if we lose Lakers fans. Um, just, uh, I'm just telling you what you feel right now is what I felt a couple days ago when we went 0-2. Probably not the same feeling, but you do not want to feel the way Clippers fans fell after last year. So this is nothing compared to it. Trust me. I think the Lakers still take this series. There's no way the, the... I don't think the Lakers get on the first round. I don't think LeBron's ever gotten an out in the first round. I don't think it's going to happen uh, this year. So yeah, I think the Lakers take this one in seven instead of six. I'm not going to say anything about <laughs> this series. I'm honestly all over the place about this. And... The last thing I need in life is the Lakers going out first round, honestly. Yeah, you do not want to see that. I don't think anyone in the NBA wants to see that. You don't want to see the defending champs. You already saw the Eastern Conference uh, Finals uh, team, Miami Heat, going out in the first round. You don't, not, you don't want to see that in the West. Um, I, I still want to see Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, so I'm still hoping for that. So I hope both teams get to the Western Conference Finals. Yep. All right, that brings us to an end for this episode. We'll see you guys later. And uh, make sure to check out Spotify and Apple Podcast uh, for the audio version. And also, in the link in the description, we have a GoFundMe for an Armenian kid uh, named Vahan. He's been going through uh, a tough, tough illness called uh, Ewing sarcoma. And so, if you could, please donate to him. Um, the link's in the description, and yeah, that's it. Peace. See you.